Welcome to the Survival Podcast for people who take movies too seriously. We survive the apocalypse so you don't have to. I'm Johnny. And I'm Shane. And this week we're uh, we're going to get away from all those silly uh, B-grade grindhouse movies we've been talking about recently. Although I think it's yeah. only really been one or two. But uh, yeah, we decided we're going to go with something a bit more serious this week. Uh, a Civil War drama. Uh, and what other Civil War drama would we start with other than uh, the Pamela Anderson classic that's you know, swept, swept the festival scene in 1996, uh, Barbed Wire. Academy acclaimed. Well, it's still probably it's probably better is actually better than most of what was nominated for an Oscar that year. So that's why I didn't say Oscars, (laughs) (laughs) and instead went with like the festival scene. Uh, (laughs) I think like Braveheart might have won Best Picture that year, which is an actual good movie. But generally, the Oscars are shit. So, (laughs) (laughs) Um, I even saw there like lost worst movie at the Razzies to. striptease that, that year well the razzies like, are bullshit so yeah exactly I was like, <laughs> the razzies. no that's exactly what i thought fuck the razzies um, and like we, we'll talk about more when we get into the film but barbed wire isn't actually that bad of a movie it's actually fine it's as good as any other film of that genre that came out that year or that decade yeah absolutely uh, but uh before we do get into it i want to do some bunker keeping yeah. as per usual uh, the first thing, because uh, we haven't mentioned it in quite a while, and uh, I guess maybe it's looking unlikely, but uh, Tapecast, we were meant to have that recorded by now, uh, which also brings me to another point. We are remote recording again for some reason, but we yeah. haven't even met up to do uh, Tapecast. Yeah. And now we probably can't because I am not so sure we can release a tape about how to survive a nuclear the aftermath of a nuclear war right now <laughs> i think that's <laughs> probably not a great idea no we'll, we'll just see how tensions ease now because uh well it no no because like te- te- like it doesn't matter what happens this week or next week no the the threat of nuclear war is going to be a thing for a while now either way yeah has the, has the clock moved closer to midnight yeah. to the actual tape cast thing is yeah we probably shouldn't do um a wasteland survival guide um we did promise we'd do tape cast so if people still want it we'll have to do something but i don't know are we actually going to do it we've talked about it but we haven't even met up to record anything so i think we need to just be realistic and make the decision now whether we're going to do that or not i'd love to do it but right but have we we haven't really gotten enough response from people about it i'm happy to still do it but it has to be done in person Oh no, definitely. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, probably. Oh, so when do we do it? Let, let's figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> Don't have to do it live or recording. Well, I think they, these are the, these are the decisions people want to hear to know we're actually <laughs> making it. Well, we've we, but we like we we've never we've talked about it for six months and haven't settled on something. Yeah, yeah. So well, things are better now. We and we said we'd always do it when we could get back to person. And I think. Uh, we could probably start getting back to uh, meeting in person pretty soon. Two weeks? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, right. say about two weeks. Yeah. Uh, we'll decide. We'll do it on something else. I think we could do something like... We could just do like a zombie survival guide. But it has to be written. We're going to have to write it. Yeah, yeah. We said that was the script. plan from, from the beginning. So I think we're going to both have to like go write down some ideas, segments we want to do in that, and actually like have a plan and get it done if people still yep. want to hear it it's been so long that a lot of people might not even know what we're talking about it's probably been, been like four months since we mentioned it so people might have forgotten there could be people that missed those few episodes where we mentioned it but if you have any interest in uh, a one-off maybe a two-off once the fear of nuclear war dies down we'll do the follow-up yeah. uh, <laughs> we want to do a, a a cassette tape cast uh i can't can you remember what episode we originally mentioned it on no idea couldn't tell you yeah it was probably around october ish um yeah i think it was probably around yeah the october because we did a bunch of episodes around october for kind of halloween stuff if you missed um episodes from that period go back and listen to them anyway You'll find a longer explanation to tape cast in one of them. Yeah, we just need to decide whether we're doing it or not. If we don't, and so if we don't 
do it in the next two weeks. That's it. We just then we'll just tell people, sorry, we're not doing it. <laughs> we fucked up. Um, I just want to make a decision. Get it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. over with. Also, the standard, you know, rate review, all that on Apple Audible Podcast Addict, Amazon Podcasts, which is still different than Audible for some reason. I have no idea why. Uh, that's pretty much the the main places you can rate and review. Uh, but also Spotify have recently added a rating, no review section, just a five star. Well, you can give us one if you want, but you have the option to give us one to five. Um, very easy on Spotify. You don't, I don't think you even, do you need an account on Spotify? Yeah, I'm sure you do to sure rate, but yeah. it's the, the easiest. I don't think we've mentioned that yet. I must give us a, a five star on Spotify myself. <laughs> Is that cheating? Or my lady? No, no. Have you have you done it on Apple? I don't have an Apple account. No. <laughs> oh, I probably did back in the day. Yeah, yeah when he started, I think it. You better have because uh, you assured me you did like six years ago. Yeah, I probably <laughs> I did. Trying, I was trying to catch you out if you lied to me back then. Oh, no. oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. I definitely did an iTunes account. I don't even. Couldn't even tell you the login. I think it was when we first launched. Like, I was yeah, like, yeah. Make sure you make sure you rate. But no, I because I can remember when you done it, and then like, I went on. It's like there's still only two ratings. I think Shane's lying to me. <laughs> <laughs> so I've been holding on to that for like six years to see if I could catch you out there now. Maybe I didn't. Uh, yeah, I know. I, I tell yeah. So you, you said you don't think you have have an Apple account, so I'm gonna go with that. Yeah, keeps telling me to update my iTunes account on my. My laptop. Well, I haven't done that in, I, I still have like, yeah. whatever iTunes was the latest version when we started, probably yesteryear's news, I still have that. <laughs> so I'm not sure if it technically even works, like if yeah. what I do on it. Probably not, but I don't have any Apple products anymore, so. No, I never did. I never had a an iPhone or a iPod or anything. You had an iMac? A long time ago, yeah. Yeah, I suppose that was your uh, college computer yeah <laughs> yeah it's fucking crap and really expensive um, <laughs> yeah that's the iMac but also um i was going to set up well i've already i've set up a newsletter i haven't written one yet but well because there's nothing to write in it i guess a lot of what we just talked about could could go in a newsletter but yeah. i've set one up anyway so if you want to subscribe to that, I'm going to throw a link. It'll be the first link in the description of this podcast. Newsletters aren't really a thing anymore, I feel, but they're quite good for podcasts. Yeah, that's cool. Especially ones like ours that comes out uh, twice every fucking five and a half months or some random. <laughs> like, it's probably the best way to like let people know that might have like gave up on listening to us that oh yeah we're still doing episodes by the way yeah so yeah subscribe to that if you want uh, and also because a lot of people aren't on social media like there's no point like directing people to well come to twitter to tell us this or join our discord like our di- there's only like 60 people on our discord or something because yeah. like so few people actually have discord and who really wants to be on twitter either so uh everybody has an email so just just subscribe to the to the newsletter that's easy enough uh right so we can get into the film so i feel like a lot of people won't have actually seen this one so we probably do need to just go through the plot a little bit so i'm sure everybody is aware of it at least because of the period it came out and the fact that it stars pamela anderson it's probably one of the few big movies that she actually stars in I I was thinking about this. Have had you seen this before? Right, oh yeah. This week? yeah. I didn't think I had. And then I watched it and it was all so familiar. Like I one hundred percent had definitely seen this film before, except for maybe the first twenty minutes. And then I was thinking about it today. I don't think I have seen this film. I think just MTV constantly played scenes from it during that time period and did like loads of little promo videos and things about it that i probably just saw most of the film from promotions and stuff maybe yeah i definitely saw it like um pretty sure i rented it on vhs i think i might have owned it on vhs yeah i think i bought it like secondhand maybe in like blockbuster or something 
like most 12 year old boys at the time yeah <laughs> well it was also probably in the second hand bin a month after it was released yeah, yeah it was probably the same it was probably as cheap to buy it as it was to rent it uh, yeah. but yeah if you haven't seen it as i say in uh so it's set in the early 21st century the or, or the far-flung future of 2017 and the u.s is in the well i would say they're in the wake of a of a civil war in the film it says it's set during the civil war i kind of have a, an issue with that i think the writers don't really understand what a civil war means yeah but uh, what is formerly the American Congress has become a fascist regime. And there's only one city left, Steel Harbor, which is a great name. It sounds like a, a settlement from a Fallout a Fallout game. It's brilliant. Uh, I'm pretty sure Steel Harbor is San Francisco. It's obviously the coast. It's somewhere in California-ish. I assume it's meant to be San Francisco or former San, Fr- San Francisco. And this is the home of Barbed Wire. That's her actual name. She has a, I'm pretty sure that's her real name. And then she goes by a fake name in it. Or maybe Barbara Byers, the alias. It's unclear, but it's a great name either way. And she owns a nightclub and moonlights as a bounty hunter. And she's like the classic, typical 80s, 90s, like Snake Plissken character who just (laughs) isn't taken aside in the Civil War. Or isn't anymore. She's sick of it all. But uh, then, of course, she's like pushed back into that world when her former lover from the the rebels shows up and he wants her to help him get his new his new girlfriend i guess cora who is a doctor who has the cure there's a very convoluted plot she has the cure for a virus that the fascist rulers have released and they need barb's help to get them to canada and this is all and they need uh, a set of contact lenses that will uh, hide her identity. That's a big, uh, we'll get into that as we talk about yeah. it. But that's a big plot point. That's the, the general plot. It's uh, ridiculous. And, oh, I, I left out a very important thing. She is friends with a corrupt cop yeah. who, you know, from the beginning, it's going to help her get them out of this war-torn, get the rebels out of this war-torn country. Now, yeah. if anybody is thinking... Oh, I was sure I hadn't seen Barbara, but this plot sounds very familiar. <laughs> yes, it is a remake of Casablanca. Basically, yeah, one hundred percent. Just it's just Casablanca. It's great. Yeah, well, they don't <laughs> hide it. Like the end, like yeah. the the ending of the film is literally just the ending of Casablanca. I think the dialogue's different, but it's like Barb walking off, and the cop says, "I think I'm falling in love with you." <laughs> he. <laughs> It's, it's and she says get in line and then there's a weird gunshot quick cut effect and then credits it's like, bizarre so 90s like pew, 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 pew. Yeah. credits i love it it's um <laughs> it's, well, it's just a, a remake of casablanca essentially yeah, yeah. in a, a post-apocalyptic remake of casablanca um which is which is a really good idea on paper like you know what i mean if you're pitching I don't think it's a bad idea in execution either really like yeah, it's yeah. not a great film but like the execution as far as a post-apocalyptic remake of casablanca is like yeah well that's pretty much what i'd expect it to be <laughs> <laughs> it's a uh, and it's a fun world full of interesting characters yeah the only problem with the film is it's like a lot of 90s movies where it's it it's fun there's like some good action and stuff, but it's just really fucking boring for most of it. Yeah, because not much happens. Yeah. Kind of, and, and they've an overly complicated plot that is in actual execution quite simple. <laughs> get the thing and get over the border is this is the plot, but they wrap it up in just these complicated concepts of like, I was really confused. So there's the fascists who are ruling Congress, who are basically just like even they show up like they're they're in Nazi uniforms essentially, like they're, yeah, they're just yeah. Nazis. They are Nazis, yeah, yeah. And then there's soldiers who are fighting them like on the front, who seem to be like whatever the remains of America, American yeah. army. And then there's also rebels as well, who just seem to be a, a biker gang. <laughs> 
hanging out in a warehouse. <laughs> like, it's, it's really confusing. And yeah. I was like, so are the rebels with the soldiers or the so like are there three people in this civil war? Like I got really confused. <laughs> well that's you see, it's 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 probably more complicated than what an American civil war would actually be like. It's more like yeah. the Syrian civil war, where there is a bunch of different yeah, military groups. Yeah. Whereas yeah, realistically in America it'd probably just be like either uh an army formed out of the supporters of the Democratic Party or the supporters of the Republican. That's kind yeah, of what, yeah. like when people talk the fear of not that I think it's a, a realistic fear, but like last year when people were like, oh the country's gonna go to civil war, yeah. it was kind of a right versus left civil war that they were fearing. Yeah, exactly. Where I suppose in most of the countries it wouldn't be as simple. It's all about a bunch of different I don't think it'd be that simple. I think realistically it won't be that simple in America either. I think the perception yeah. is just that it'd be that simple because people think yeah. That just because there's a, a two-party system that everybody thinks in terms of left and right, but realistically, that probably wouldn't be and, and the last, in a civil war. And the last American civil war was two sides fighting against. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, just so. yeah, because the, well, this is how it happened last time, so this is what a civil war yeah, is. Yeah, like, yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> but why I think actually, the, why I was saying the filmmakers don't really know what a civil war is. Like and I guess like it technically is a civil war, but it seems more like, well, like this fascist government is in control of all America, and there's <laughs> just some fringe groups fighting in the one last like stronghold that's left. It's like, is it is it a civil war at that point, or is it just like, a, like is that not more like well, there's some rebels left in the hills? Yeah, and then the thing is, of course, because they modeled on Casablanca, it's the rebels are the French resistance. Yeah, yeah. You know, like that kind of... Le <laughs> uh, resistance I against like, the Nazis. Like, that's while the war is being yeah, waged on the front. It's kinda... I feel like, yeah, like it's weird that they made a civil war in the film versus like they were invaded a few years ago and this, like the Russians are in power now or whatever. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I guess they just didn't want to like make somebody else the bad guys or they just wanted them to be more like the nazis so they just yeah i guess they just didn't want to explain that but yeah yeah, it just doesn't feel like a civil war it's more well it's a civil war the way they call it a civil war in in like star wars but like but there's literally like other planets involved yeah (laughs) exactly it's a galactic war that they keep calling a civil war yeah other uh, species are involved yeah. <laughs> it's a star war sorry that's yeah. <laughs> the name of the film and it seems to be exclusively just in america as well because they're talking about going to europe or canada to get away from well yeah because there's even like when when barb does one of her bounty hunting jobs the deal is it's for like ten ten thousand dollars and then she drops it that she wants ten thousand Canadian dollars. Yeah, because it's obviously worth more at that point. Yeah. I guess that's the joke that like if the Canadian dollar is worth more then like things are gone really bad. <laughs> it's a nice dig at a I think Pamela Anderson's Canadian. I think it's a Oh okay. Yeah. Didn't know that. <laughs> It's a fun movie. Like, uh, it's it's so it's so wonderfully like cheese metal as well, which I really liked about it. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. Like just the character names and like obviously she's barbed wire and stuff. But then her ex boyfriend is like uh, Alex, he's like Axel, uh, Axel Hammer or something like that. Like, <laughs> and the then nightclubs, her bar is the, the nightclubs, hammerhead. the hammerhead. Um, yeah, I, I, it's definitely Axel anyway. Yeah. And I didn't expect uh, Axel is a Mandalorian. That doesn't mean anything to me, is it? Is, is he the Mandalorian? Like... Or not the Mandalorian, sorry, Boba Fett. Sorry. Oh, okay, yeah. No, that doesn't... The guy who plays Boba Fett um, is in the, the same actor. Yeah. Right. Is, in, is he the same, is he the guy who played him in the original? Uh, he played him in, or he played uh, 
he played the part in the prequels, like the nineties prequels, right. and then, um, then in the oh, new so the original Boba Fett, Boba Fett isn't back. The guy who played him in like a new, uh, not New Hope, but whatever one he. Oh yeah, well he's probably in like in the seventies, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> well, isn't it, isn't it the same Chewbacca? Uh, it's just man, I think. Or like an actual, actual actor with like his helmet off and stuff. So. Right. He has to have dialogue, <laughs> not just stand around and shoot a gun. The, um, but anyway, yeah, yeah, it's just odd that they brought, yeah, making a whole show out of a, a character that originally was just a stuntman. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty funny. But anyway, yeah. so he's an actor who done other stuff, whereas I'm not sure the same can be said for a lot of the other people in this. <laughs> um, like, it is funny, like Pamela Anderson, yeah, like she's still done other things after this but yeah like it really wasn't the vehicle they were hoping it was for her no and because it's based on a comic book series do you know much about the comic book series no like i don't think like the comic book series was only out a couple of years at the time anyway and it finished shortly after yeah i think it was relaunched in the last few years it was launched in some yeah, like the like two thousand seventeen, maybe fifteen, something like that. And I'm sure it was only relaunched to see if there would be any interest in another film. Like in total, right? So it had nine issues around the time they made the film, and then it stopped. And then the the remake series or reboot series was only four issues. So there's only thirteen issues of the comic, and it's very very loosely based on it in the comic there's like superhumans that are created by some weird dimensional tear and they're the gangs who rule the world and all this kind of stuff. like it's, it's totally different well, i kind of assumed that it was would be kind of like judge dread yeah. like yeah, yeah like even the recent dread movie doesn't bear much similarity to the comic books like yeah, the good one <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Like, have you ever read the Judge Dredd comics? Only, like, free comic day ones. Yeah, right. they're always bonkers. Like, I have a bunch. Of, yeah, they're fucking mad. Like, Judge Death is the big villain, like, and it's all, like, there's clo- clone. Like, I think by the time, like, two years into the Judge Dredd run, it's not even the original Dredd. It's a, new, it's a clone of him and shit, like. <laughs> like, they're bonkers. <laughs> they're great, but they're they're, like, pure fucking... They're they're almost like every one of them reads like the cover of a Megadeth album, <laughs> like they all have that feel. Yeah, uh, but yeah, and the last movie was good. But like the last movie, obviously, infinitely better than than Barb Wire. But in terms yeah. of how it relates, probably relates to the comic books as much as Barb Wire would to its comic books. Yeah, like they just it's like the trying to be a more grounded version of it. But you can tell that. They like if they do, do another dread movie, they'll open the world up into the more ridiculous stuff. Oh, definitely. It's the same way they did even when they done the Marvel movies. I mean, Iron Man, the first Iron Man movie is not unlike the Iron Man comics. Like, no, it's nothing like it. Um, but you ease you ease movie viewers into the batshit stuff. Like, yeah. And then within a few years, you have fucking the universe like multiple spider-man and shit like so. <laughs> it's bonkers isn't it uh, like and like they obviously had planned like they thought barbed wire was going to be a franchise like they were putting a lot of stock in it. although maybe not because it is just like it, it had like a nine million dollar budget which is not a huge amount of money yeah it's about as much as you would put into like a fucking like a steven seagal or john claude van damme movie at the time exactly yeah, yeah. it's not and that's probably what it should be compared to like and it is probably better than most and and the entire movie takes place in like two factories and a warehouse yeah (laughs) yeah. it's it's incredible uh, as it gets later on to it into it and there's all like i suppose the final battle i suppose with the bad guys and all that kind of stuff i was just watching thinking this is like this is like watching it's like a pilot for a tv show nearly at that point yeah um it gets real by the time they get to that point it's like they've spent all their money (laughs) and they were just trying uh 
It just reminded me so much of those, like, it was almost like watching an episode of the A-Team or something. You know what I mean? It was just, but it was great fun. So I'm just one on IMDb to see what Steven Seagal done in 1996. Oh, yeah. And the first, so he was in an episode of Roseanne. (laughs) Weird. Uh, The Glimmer Man, I think I know that, but I haven't seen it. Uh, Executive executive decision i'm almost certain i've seen that one oh, and barbed wire is definitely a better film than that yeah and in executive decision he's um they do that whole thing where it's built up like he's gonna be the big hero and he's dead within the first 10 minutes oh then it's probably not the one i'm thinking of but uh. um my point is anyway it's that it's closer to that standard of a film and it's yeah. probably better than a lot of them Jean-Claude Van Damme was still making some decent stuff around then, I don't know if Steven Seagal was ever making any decent movies so <laughs> yeah that's pretty fair but it's definitely better than a lot of that Pam, and another thing like Pamela Anderson, she's no Meryl Streep, but like she gets such a hard time for like being a bad actor and like oh she only got by on her looks, you're like ah oh, yeah and I'm sure, I'm sure when fucking What's his name? James Cameron hired Arnold Schwarzenegger for Terminator. It was because he reminded him of a young Marilyn Brando. Like for some reason, like all the others, like they get a pass on yeah. clearly just being cast because of their physique. But for some reason, like you have to hate on Pamela Anderson for the same thing. It's like she's no better or worse than any of those guys. Like in terms of acting ability, I I never really got the whole. Pam Anderson thing, and then watching this now as like a man in his thirties and stuff, she wasn't that bad an actor in it. She was grand. Like, she was absolutely fine. Yeah, like yeah, the, only, no the only thing that I would say like she, where she seems like bad is the voiceover. She's trying to be super serious in the voiceover. Yeah, and that's just yeah. She's in a because you know she's in a sound boot. She's yeah. probably she never she's not really a trained actor. So she doesn't really know how to handle that. Mo- uh, that's just like most people would sound as bad doing that without any training. Yeah. There's nobody, nobody in the world can sit in a sound booth and try and give a super serious voiceover and not sound like they don't know what they're doing. <laughs> exactly. It's, um, oh, no, sorry, I forgot what I was going to say there. But they, she's actually fine. Other, like in the actual film itself. Yeah. She's, uh, yeah. she's fine. <laughs> I think that's probably where the criticism criticism came from, and that's a lot of that could be down to the script and the editing and stuff. Is that like there's it's hard to figure out the tone of this movie? Like, is it a piss yeah. take? Is it serious? Is it intentionally schlocky B movie? You know that kind of way. Like, it's it kind of goes back and forth. You see, yeah, that's the thing because it's a little. It is like a fun eighties grindhouse silly movie only it was made in 1996 yeah like it's a bit late to be one of those movies so it seems i yeah i think at the time it probably even seemed outdated whereas now if you if you made the same movie now it would just be a fun throwback people were kind of already parodying that kind of thing by 1996 and they were taking it super serious but if you go back and you watch like commando is treated like it's a serious movie but it's absolutely ridiculous. But it was made in the eighties, so you kind of it's that's why you know that's why I really don't like the the expendable movies because they're all in on the like it's all Arnie and the boys Stallone mainly like yeah. kind of doing a throwback to all their the movies they made in the eighties and they're making fun of it, and that's not enjoyable to me because I don't like them being in on the joke. I liked it when they were taking it dead serious, yeah, <laughs> and it became funny yeah exactly but they didn't know do you know do you know what this reminded me of it's almost it's like a cheaper escape from new york but um but then it also doesn't it's not as um it's not as dark or as gritty as escape from new york is so then it kind of it just never hits well level of kind of grittiness that it could do funny you say that because what what it reminded me very much of was escape from la sorry yes yeah yeah that's it exactly because it's escape from la is way cheesier and yeah kind of, it's, and it's it lost out, its 
It's it dark. Same year as Escape from LA. No way. Escape from LA is that old or that newer? That new, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and but I remember even when we done Escape from New York, we were saying like the problem with Escape from LA was that they kind of they left it too late. That by the nineties, the it just didn't work. I think we should oh, well, do that I, next. I think <laughs> Sorry, Escape next from episode. Escape from LA. The problem with that as well that like they, there was an over reliance on CG in it because it was that era where like cg yeah. was new and a lot of directors were excited by the prospect of using it and you're like but it's not good yet <laughs> like they kind of got away with it in terminator 2 with the cg which is like i think about 92 91 92 yeah but it was a whole other level of cg there though yeah and way more money <laughs> yeah <laughs> And time was put into that. Like in, in Escape from LA, I'm thinking more about like the surfing stuff. And, and yeah. it's not just films of that era, but a lot of like, if you watch any movie between like maybe early 90s up, up to like 2008, even, if they're director, if they're made by a director who was like working in the 60s and 70s, the CG is always really bad yeah because there's like this over that i know like there's a lot of directors who just i don't know they were so excited about the prospect of using this new technology and it made life so much simpler that they kind of didn't step back and think oh but it looks shit yeah <laughs> but uh, especially her directors like wes craven and john carpenter some yeah. of their like film that's why they, some of their worst films were made in that period where they started using cg yeah, like early nineties, yeah, mid nineties. Like yeah. it'd be like a werewolf transit, like a transformation scene in a Wes Craven movie that just is just CG. Whereas if you made the same movie like fifteen years ago, it'd have been all prosthetics and it looked awesome. So. Yeah, and they almost just got caught up in the, the whole. <laughs> and there's very and there's like very little CG in Bear In fact, I couldn't even tell you where there is any. I'm sure um, there is somewhere, but. Yeah, maybe with the contact lenses, but then they could just be contact lenses. <laughs> it's, uh, it's hard well, to tell. Um, maybe from some of the, even the technology is real schlocky. Like it's, um, that that was one thing I really loved about it was all their technology was, so like, a nineties version of what will the technology look like in 20 years? And it kind of yeah. looked almost worse than what the technology in the 90s was. <laughs> like, it wasn't any better or any... But, but also they're set in a, in a, a war-torn... Like, it's, it's technology that's developed during a war, I guess. Yeah. But there is funny stuff, too, like how um, they have all these security... Uh, like, they pretty much have, like, nest doorbells and stuff like that. Yeah, but still, they don't have the internet. People are still buying porn magazines. That was one of the funniest sequences, actually. Is that we? Um, so there's a scene where Barb goes out um, to moonlight as a prostitute, but obviously she's just like undercover. It's uh, one of her bounty hunting jobs. It's to get the guy who ends up having the contact lenses, I believe. Yeah. And she meets a client, and it. Uh, it opens, it explains some of the stuff, like it does a bit of world building, but also like contradicts itself straight away. Yeah. <laughs> so when she like, she um sees a big fat slob on the street and um asks him if he wants a date. And he asks her if, if she's a cop and she opens her her jacket and like just shows off her body. He's like, do you see a badge and all this? And then he asks for her cred- credentials, her, her like safety check. And she produces her prostitution card. Yeah. Like her, her license. Yeah. yeah her prostitution license. And it says it doesn't expire until 2019. Um, but, and you're like, but wait, so like prostitution is legal. You just yeah. it has to be licensed. So why would she be a cop? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like within in one dialogue exchange, they completely contradict their own world. Well, it was her medical check, but I assume it's but it's a sex medical check. Well, it's, so, it says prostitution yeah. license on the card. Oh, sorry, yeah. <laughs> so, like that means it's legal. So, why would she be a cop? And why would he be worried about that? Then? Yeah, and uh, but 
but I love that because it's just so funny because he has his, he has like a bag of shopping and it's a real typical like TV bag of shopping of it's like a brown paper bag and it's like a stick of celery sticking out the top of it kind of thing. <laughs> and then he brings her to his apartment and then he has to, everything's all about retinal scans in their world. So yeah. you need a retinal scan for him to get access to his building and he even has to check in her as a guest into like the computer system and stuff. And then they get to his apartment and it's like this like dirty, dingy apartment that he hasn't tidied up or anything. And he throws down his shopping and all that's in his shopping bag is just porno magazines. And, and it's, it's like it's like 40 magazines. It's such a funny joke, but it's great. <laughs> it is pretty good. I, I, that, I remember that scene so well. Because even when he sh- like when he shows up and you see the bag, I was like looking to see if you could see in the bag yet. Because I I just remembered that when he leaves them down, a bunch of pornos spill out. <laughs> and then it, even that's kind of inconsistent because the porno magazines kind of look like standard porn magazines. Like I think one looks like it's just like an Asian themed like Playboy, yeah. but then it transpires where she tells him to go to get in something a little more comfortable and he's like oh maybe something a little more uncomfortable (laughs) and he comes out in like a gimp costume and he wants to be spanked and stuff like that doesn't really fit with his stash of porn that seems like two different people would they're two two very different like fetishes but then maybe you know people switch and then she just knocks him out i love that it's one of those movies as well where you can just like take somebody else by just whacking them in the back of the head and they'll just be knocked out cold for a while and it's fine yeah they're fine they won't, it they won't happens make. again later your man axel for no reason just like knocks out uh a, a worker on a on the site like the crane operator oh yeah no reason he, he was showing you how to use it and all you could have just like asked and told him to get out of the way and take yeah. control not just knock him out but like or just pull a gun like, on him and tell him to leave like yeah um, but when they do that so funny because like when you that those people are probably dead you can't you can't whack a guy a guy in the back of the head with like a cricket bat and like <laughs> like chances are he's seriously seriously injured and yeah. possibly dead it's about well if you don't get medical help anyway i i love that logic in movies um of just like knocking somebody out and it's just like ah. Oh. He'll wake up with one hell of a headache. It's like, yeah, and probably no sense of smell. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Some memory loss. <laughs> Internal bleeding, like 20% brain damage. Like, he'll, he'll be fine, but, like, he'll probably, like, have a weird limp for the rest of his life just because yeah. there's some neurological problem. Uh, he'll probably, like, suffer from depression, become an alcoholic, <laughs> just because, like, just that little bit of brain damage, it just, it just hit the wrong spot, and now his life <laughs> is ruined. <laughs> That'd be really funny. Uh, sequence to keep throwing into like some kind of spy thriller thing of just keep having the consequences of the people you the your main action star knocks out. It ends a bit Austin Powersy, but I think they do it in the Harley Quinn show. Oh, where they have a few like henchmen to show their pro ever like the problems they have in life since Batman just beat the shit out of them. Like, yeah, <laughs> I've only watched the first season of that. It's very good. So, yeah, it's really good. Um, that's something I can see, like them doing like a barbed wire animated show like that. It would that would really work, actually. Yeah. You know what? It's very like another film. It's very like actually is oh shit! What's the other Australian post-apocalyptic character that's not Mad Max female? Oh, Tank Girl. Tank Girl. Yeah, I was thinking that when I was watching it. Yeah, it's very like Tank Girl in terms of tone. Um, yeah. Insanity. You can nearly imagine a tank girl barbed wire crossover. Yeah. That's another one I'm surprised they haven't took a, another shot at. Yeah. Barbed wire is quite possible now for the same reason that we're actually doing this episode is that it's got a bit of attention because of the Pam and Tommy series. Yeah. <laughs> I... I was amazed at how easy it was to find this film. And you were saying the same thing. Yeah, I think to watch it because uh, Pam and Tommy, I think people are like, oh, I must check that out. Because the, the show is set 
just as she's like doing the press tour for that. Oh yeah, which another reason like that that, that probably lends to why it was given so much attention that it probably wouldn't have other like negative attention that it wouldn't have otherwise got is because her her and Tommy Lee's sex tape was leaked just as the film was released, so there was a lot of media attention. Whereas it seems like the film probably wasn't really intended to be a major release because it wasn't. It was only really released in cinemas in America. Like it probably yeah. was only intended to be a straight to DVD kind of thing. But like nowadays, a film like that wouldn't be on the the Golden Raspberries no, list. You know, it had just been so. It'd be like if that came out now, it'd just be like a Netflix. It'd be like a Netflix fucking original that Zack Snyder made. What's <laughs> <laughs> that level? It just yeah, it'd yeah. Ha- he'd have more money, like to do more with it now, but. Yeah, yeah. People would treat it the same way we treated Army of yeah. the Dead. Is that yeah. what it's called? Yeah. Yeah, Army of the Dead. I was trying to think of it there. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be bare mad because it's 2022, like. Yeah, yeah, of course. But yeah. it'd be the same standard. People would expect the same from it. Yeah. It's, uh... Like, I imagine Army of the Dead is not being considered for any, like, Golden Raspberry Award this year or anything like that. No, because it's just it, they standard. Like, because the people that like that type of movie loved it, so that's it. Yeah, people liked it and didn't like it. There wasn't any. Yeah, and I suppose there's so many more movies made now as well. These things get lost. Um, Barbed wire with the same tone made now. It'd be different because it's 2022, but I think people would like. I think people would just have a very would accept it in a totally different way now. Yeah. Do you think she should make a sequel now? So, <laughs> yeah, I I'm feel asked. like she she just has no interest in the spotlight anymore, does she? No, I don't think so. I haven't seen her in anything or heard anything of her for a long time. Yeah. Do you remember like, um, VIP? Yeah, Valerie Irons Protection. <laughs> great name, great name, brilliant. Uh, yeah, no, that that was a pile of shit. Fun, silly show. Yeah. Where she's like, she's just like a celebrity, but they're using her as the like brand name for the protection service, basically. <laughs> and she just all, always ends up getting involved anyway. The concept of the show is that, so there's a bunch of like private eyes and they're all really well trained. And they had a, the company was called VIP and the main guy who like whatever his name is like Vincent Idaho say <laughs> and it was like Vincent Idaho protection and then he like took all their money and ran or something so for them to try and keep the company going they had to hire someone else so they hired her because she had that name it's like just pretend your name is Avin and I <laughs> like it was such a loose concept of oh we need someone to be the face of the company whose name is actually Avin and I <laughs> It was just really dumb idea for you just name your company whatever you want. It doesn't matter who your front person is or what their name is. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> that probably won't, won't have been too long after Barbara. That was probably like two thousand, was it? Yeah, I'd say it was pretty close to um, Yeah, but I think uh, shortly after that, um she kind of only was doing like bits and pieces. I think she just made her money. Didn't really care anymore. Wow, it was really close. It was 98 to 2002. There you go. Um, but yeah, yeah. So I, I think she just went and raised the family and stuff. More power to her. I know she's like, has no involvement with like Pam and Tommy and doesn't. Oh, really? Yeah. No input on it, right? Yeah, don't think she wanted it to be made. Like, yeah, yeah. it's a good series, but it is you're kind of like oh, it's it's so exploitative of like a shit thing that happened to somebody. <laughs> I haven't watched it. It is very good, but like it's just funny because like they show how like horrible the media were, and particularly the paparazzi, like who probably the lowest form of human life on the planet is paparazzi. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, like there's some like terrible stuff in her, like they, like she has a miscarriage just with like the stress of everything that's going on and they like follow her to the hospital 
and then follow her home. And like, this is all true. And like, she snapped and like got out of the car and just like went to town with a golf club on one of the paparazzi's car. And they all just gathered around and started filming. Like, cause that's what they wanted. Like after having a fucking miscarriage, that's essentially caused by you people anyway. It's like, what horrible scum. Um, and like the the show does a good job at showing that, but then also the show recreated the website that sold their sex tape as a promotional <laughs> tool for the series. <laughs> and you're like, you fuckers, you fucking scum! You're just as bad as the people that like ruined their lives. <laughs> you're just cashing in on something that happened 25 years ago. Like. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I remember. Can, being... can you imagine that shit happening? That like in the post, like. Me Too era and like the fappening and all that. Like, if the media yeah. promote, like, because it was like the the mainstream media were the ones that kind of popularized that website and the whole like sex tape being out there. Oh, it was such a huge story at the time. I remember that's what's really fun, funny in the series. Like, the guys that steal it, they go around to all these porn companies to try and sell it to them, and all the porn porn producers are like fuck no you don't have releases that's criminal no we're not releasing that but <laughs> yeah. it's the mainstream media that end up being the ones that kind of rally behind it and popularize it <laughs> the poor the porn creepers are the ones who are like nah that's that's not right well i don't think they're, they're really that's not right they're more like no we'll get in trouble for that yeah, yeah. <laughs> but at least they're fucking like abide by the law in it whereas oh, yeah. same can't be said for the others I'd say they more um, they costed it out. What would would they make more money than they'd lose in lawsuits or not? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> boy, is a good series. Yeah. But you definitely feel bad for her. Uh, not so much Tommy Lee. He he still comes across like a cunt in it. So <laughs> <laughs> kind of always was, wasn't he? Yeah, I think the I think the in the real story he kind of didn't really care because like. It, it, he kind of saw it as good publicity in a way, and it's not as bad. For, it's not as bad for him. So he was kind of like, uh. yeah, exactly. Because I think he was he was notorious for like whipping his dick out at parties and stuff. Anyway, like <laughs> <laughs> living that rock star life. So. And he was kind of washed up where she was on the up. Yeah, and that was the whole thing. It's like her whole, I suppose her whole shtick was. That she was on that edge of, um, I suppose you'd nearly call it soft core entertainment. I suppose I'd, I wouldn't even say porn, but like soft core entertainment. Oh, yeah, I mean she don't play by. I mean, sure, that's like, yeah, yeah, exactly. It's so normal now, like for yeah, mainstream like now nowadays you're like look at all the the Kardashians and them. They all like they started with sex tapes and are now billionaires. Yeah, yeah it's <laughs> like, mad. Very different, <laughs> yeah. Like whatever, ten years later, like that, that after that, the tape. Um, I was also mad. I was surprised she didn't end up in like a Tarantino film at some point. Yeah, that's that's a really good point. Even in like like not a main, just like there, there'd be like a scene where she yeah. played, and but it was just like a big scene, and she came out of nowhere. Like, uh, I'm just trying to think. Like loads of people that end up in Tarantino movies. Like he'll always pull in some old, some actor who hasn't done anything in a few years. Yeah. Like fucking Beverly Dude. Hills guy, Beverly Hills nine hundred two one zero guy in Luke Perry. <laughs> Luke Perry, yeah, yeah, yeah. or yeah, David Carradine in Kill Bill and stuff. Yeah, yeah. So barbed oh, wire I... universe. Do you think? I would. Uh... Do you think you'd get the contact lens? <laughs> well, surprising. so do, do you think you'd own a nightclub in it? Um, do you know what? It's a very well-run nightclub. It's a nice look. It's a nice club as well. It's a really nice club, and I like. They have the whole thing of when you when you walk in the door, you have to like hand over the 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 the, the cage for weapons and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's done it's really. Pure, really nice. That's pure, like yeah. Post. That's a fallout universe kind of rules yeah, there it, it's so video gamey and stuff it's good though i like that and then uh there's just rocking bands up playing and uh because i think we'd kind i think we'd kind of be like the butler yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's a great character he's yeah. kind of like her alfred yeah he's really good at it. 
And then, and what really surprised me is he's played by that actor who, at the time, always played the villain and stuff. <laughs> yeah. And then he's cast as like her Alfred and uh, Curly, wasn't it? Yeah. He's yeah. bald. And then at one point, he's randomly wearing a wig. <laughs> yeah. For like comes, for like half a scene, he just walk, comes into. He's not wearing it in the previous scene, and then he walks into a room and he's wearing it, and she pulls it off. Yeah. Tells him <laughs> he looks stupid. <laughs> But no, I think in the scenario we'd be the. Well, we can't be Pamela Anderson. Like we no. don't have the, we don't have the bust. Speak for yourself. <laughs> now that was another thing I just do have to mention that I think um, one thing I can say about it, at least for the VHS release, it does have the best uh, post-credit scene of all superhero movies. Are you saying this to me? Because <laughs> there is an extended. Uh, version of the opening credits which is just actually that in itself is just a bizarre people that haven't seen the opening credits is just pamela anderson doing a strip or well she's not really stripping she's just got her boobs kind of hanging out (laughs) yeah and like um being hosed down essentially and it's just the credits playing over it and then it transitions into the actual scene and she's like posing as a stripper on a bounty hunting job but it's just a bizarre opening. It's so, like, the film's made in 1996, but it's so 1980s to just have, like, oh. we'll get to the nudity straight away. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> 100%. And, it's, uh... and apparently Pamela Anderson's idea, apparently the studio were pushing them to have more nudity in the film, so she, she just suggested this scene based on a nightmare she had the previous night, which... Yeah, I read that based on a nightmare, and then she still did it in this film. I was like, oh, okay. Um. <laughs> Yet, probably the like, not even the most sexual thing we see in the first like ten minutes of the film, because we then come to a scene of a woman being tortured by the Nazis, where they're trying to get information <laughs> out of her, and they're using their retinal scans to uh, see her. You can kind of see bits and pieces of somebody's memory to tell if they're lying or not. Yeah, it's the most bizarre scene. She's being tortured, but like, if somebody, if you were watching this movie and somebody overheard that scene, there is no doubt they would think you were watching like hardcore porn. Yeah, definitely. Because like, she is not making sounds somebody makes when they're being tortured. (laughs) And 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 even the way it's shot, she's like, her hair's, she's all sweaty and her hair's like spread out. Yeah. It's just, it's bizarre. Well, it's not she's bizarre. I know exactly lying. what they were doing. She's essentially lying on a glass table. And what I thought was really funny is that uh, so they've connected all these, like, sensors up to her body to, like... She looks like she's been assimilated into the Borg. Yeah, to torture her. But the sensors are on her head, her breasts, and her groin. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and nowhere else on her body. <laughs> and it, like, makes absolutely no sense. So it's like... It's like a specific torture device that goes on boobs. Like it's really if this was like a if this was like an exploitation movie from the seventies, they would have added something that like it used pleasure to get the memories or some shit. Like there was yeah, exactly, pr- probably yeah. a draft of the script where that was the case. Yeah, like this definitely. film could if this was made, this could have easily been a like version on actual porno if it was made in the seventies. Yeah. That 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 scene is a little bit of like it's a it's a porn without the porn, yeah. Kind of scene from a movie. It's so strange. Yeah, it's it's very bizarre. And then it kind of doesn't really fit with the rest of the movie. Like even the way it's shot and lit and just how it's way more it. yeah, it's way more sci-fi than any anything else that yeah. happens. I'm not sure how I do in that kind of a torture scene. I think. Um... Even the prospect of being treated like that, I'd probably just off myself or something. That seems like a, a, the worst kind of torture if you're going to yeah. be making those kind of noises. That is a question <laughs> I have with a lot of these type of films where you're just like, okay, so Canada is an option. Yeah. As is, as are other countries. I mean, she plans to go to France, I think, in, in the end. Why yeah. is anybody still in Steel Harbor? Especially why is she? Because she has the capability to get quite... She gets like 10 grand and a sports car for the job we see her do at the start. Yeah. 
she gets like 20 grand for another job later. She owns a nightclub. She has a fuck ton of money. Why is she still in Steel Harbor? Yeah, and she even goes, there's the whole scene, her and Curly, after that, we were saying, like, he has the wig on for, like, two minutes. She, he, he's like, oh, it's today's payday, boss. And she's like, yeah. fine, I'll sort it out. As if, like, that hopping club isn't making any money. Like, yeah, they are making yeah. hand over fist. And, okay, she's got some security staff, some bar staff, and a band. Like, but also, like, she's such a skilled bounty hunter that when she is tight for money, she yeah. can just go out and make it back like make what she needs in one night like it seems yeah so there's just i just don't understand why she would ever still be there well maybe she would be because she seems she might actually just still like it she she's obviously a character that likes that uh rough rough kind of lifestyle she has a good life i guess because like going into the the third act is the whole thing of it's almost like She's trying to get the big score because the contact lenses are what they say. They're worth two million on the black market. Yeah. But to get rid of them quick, she thinks she can get a million for them. Yeah. But now by by that point as well, she's a bit more desperate because the Nazis have destroyed her bar. They've destroyed the bar, yeah. And it's clear that, well, things are about to go down in Steel Harbor. So there's more reason to get out. But I still just would think most people would want out prior to that. But maybe not her because she likes that lifestyle. Well... They say Steel Harbor is the last kind of independent city, isn't it? So it's not controlled by the fascist government. Um, and it's but it clearly be... is going to be, so yeah, yeah, that's exactly. why she finally... But my point is, like, still, why would you want to... If, that's the la... if you're in the last non-fascist city in America, but there are non-fascist countries out there, why would you still live in America? Yeah, it's not like in a... 1984 where the whole world is yeah but if you will like she, she has the money the means to get out it just kind of makes no sense but again i feel like yeah we, we've had that conversation she likes it there yeah uh, she... i wouldn't would be the point no, <laughs> like, no if i had the means to get out as she does i'd be gone prior to the nazis showing up anyway yeah and okay. i guess which means too i would probably i guess i would work with the rebels but only if it meant i could get out too yeah. I wouldn't just be helping them get that plane. It would have to be, the agreement would be, well, I'll help you get to it, but then you have to make sure I get on it too. It can't just yeah. be two seats. Yeah, it has to be three. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm going with them. I'm getting out. Because um, she, when she finally does, like, I mean, we already said it's Casablanca, so everybody knows they get there in the end. We don't really, like, she says she's she might go to France, but um, we don't like how how's she getting there. She's given has she given her own identity to Cora in the end, or did she? That's something I actually feel like maybe I'm stupid and didn't get. Did she like have the contacts all the time? I um I think they do. Is she no? She your man the the bail bondsman guy. He was trying to sell them to her. Yeah. And then um then he hid them in the bar and then her brother Charlie found them. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And then she she thought the She's... best place to hide them was actually in her eyes, I think was yeah, the idea. Yeah. So then there's the whole scene where she goes to do uh what was his name, Big Fatto to try and get safe passage and sell them. And what she hands him is just the, the, case, the case, I think. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh yeah it's a bit unclear how they work or anything yeah yeah they just have the ability to give anybody the best clearance but not necessarily a new identity it's just yeah it's strange um right so to to keep getting back to uh what what we do well i think we we might just end it there (laughs) because i don't think we're going to get to that conversation of what we do (laughs) yeah i think we're over an hour now so just the end yeah i don't want to edit fair enough (laughs) (laughs) yeah no i think we just uh yeah we'd work with the rebels and uh yeah ask for passage that's the easiest thing to do yeah just try and get out of there i think it's it's a kind of a country you'd want to leave and get out of there's no there's nothing there for you (laughs) all right uh i'm not sure what we'll do next week but uh we survived barbed wire for now because uh we just 
say ah yeah i'll help you just make sure i have a way out we really just wanted to talk about the film a little and uh, yeah have an episode out there until next time have a nice 